Storyteller, Fiery Eyes, Episode 3 It is early evening, it is dark outside. Henry is sitting at the large windows overlooking the garden. The lights are off in the room. There is a small dim light shining over the sketchbook in which he is doing his sketches. He ran out of loose sheets of paper, so Eva got him a proper sketchbook. Henry's trance-like state is broken when he suddenly catches a glimpse of three shadowy figures opening the gate and creeping along the garden. The sprinklers in the garden have come on automatically. The figures move aside. Two of the figures move towards the front door. He can now hear them trying to force the door open with the key. The doorknob keeps moving as they try to break in. The other burglar is opening the window at the side of the house. The street lights are a couple of meters away from the house, so the area in front is dark. It was almost impossible to enter the home from the back, as there was a dense growth of vegetation on the other side of the backyard. Henry is now worried. What should he do if they enter? He is not armed. He has nothing to defend himself. It would be foolish to approach the men without any form of a weapon in hand. Henry is now more nervous than afraid. He is undecided about how to handle the situation and how to react to these intruders entering his home. Henry drops a stack of papers which he has on his desk while going for his mobile phone to phone the police when he notices something strange. It seems that the drawings which he has done on the blank sheets of paper come alive. The cube which he had drawn comes out of the paper in a three-dimensional form and grows larger and larger surrounding him. It seems that the crooks are not successful in opening the door to the house, so they decide to break the glass section of the door in order to enter. As the glass gets pounded from the outside, Henry decides to phone the police or just raise an alarm. Henry will use the element of surprise on the criminals. He switches on all the lights in the house. The men are now about to enter. The third man is getting in through the window. All the men are armed, two with guns and one with a knife. The stars which he had sketched on paper seem to rise from the white sheets of paper and move towards the door and the windows through which the thieves are climbing through. The man at the door instinctively throws his knife aimed at Henry. The knife bounces off the large force field of the cube in which Henry is now standing and it falls to the floor. The spinning electrically charged stars, which are like hazy forms of light, strike the other two criminals and they fall to the floor in an electrocuted state. Unable to move, scream or escape, Henry phones Eva at work after phoning the police. The police are surprised when they arrive at the house. Eva is equally surprised when she sees the criminals on the floor with shocked expressions on their faces, unable to move or to speak. They have to be lifted out of the house by the officers. The men look like they're frozen. Sir, what did you do to these men? asked Officer Davis, a tall African man with a thin moustache. At that instant, a loose wire from the side of the room comes off the wall 
and a portion of the plaster breaks and the wire falls to the floor, sparking away dangerously. Definitely a loose wire must have caused them to get electrocuted, said Henry. Yes, it certainly looks that way, said another policeman who was photographing the scene of the crime. Eva phoned her husband, her friend's husband, Andrew, who was a carpenter, and he was at home fixing the broken glass on the door and the broken window hinges. Once the police and the carpenter leave, Eva speaks to Henry about what really happened. He finds it hard to explain. So what really happened, Henry? And how did you manage to incap incapacitate those three men? I hope that you didn't do anything foolish, said Eva with concern. I admit I was nervous because I didn't know what to do. I thought of throwing some of the paper weights which I have on the desk here, said Henry, picking up a snow globe. I'll need to get some alarms fixed into the house. This neighborhood is not safe, not like when my parents were living here 40 years ago. I'll tell you what happened. It was almost magical. You know the sketches which I do when I go into a trance? Those sketches seemed to come alive on their own, as if by magic. The sketches fell to the floor by accident. The sketch of the cube became a shield which protected me from the knife, while the stars I had drawn became three-dimensional stars, which hit the thieves coming in through the windows. Here, said Eva, take these papers with your illustrations and show me if they come to life now. I don't think it works that way, said Henry, as he closed his eyes and tried to concentrate to make the stars, circles, cubes and triangles come to life. Eva kept watching the sheets with the abstract art as Henry tried his hardest to concentrate. Maybe it was just your imagination, said Eva. I hope that I'm not losing my mind. I cannot remember who I am now. And I could even be losing my marbles, said Henry with a smile. I don't think you are, said Eva. Come, let's have dinner and make sure to check all the doors and windows before we tuck in tonight. Crime in the city has been increasing. The local num newspaper of the area is constantly reporting the rise of crimes. Old age pensioners are being attacked in their homes. The story of violence in the neighborhood is spreading like a virus to all cities all over the world. Every life in every city in every neighborhood is being affected by the story of violence and the forces of evil shroud humanity in its mantle of darkness. It was a Friday night, a time when every family gets ready to rest in front of the television after a busy week of work. Eva and Henry suddenly hear a noise outside on the street opposite their home. It is the sound of a woman screaming for help. There seems to be a mugging in progress. Eva, should we do something to stop this crime, which is happening just outside our home, asked Henry. It would be dangerous for you to go out and face the attacker. On the other hand, we need to do something. I will phone the police and inform them that there is a woman being attacked on the street, said Eva. I'll go out to see if I can scare the attacker away, said Henry. Take something with you, maybe a stick, said Eva. They could hear a woman scream in the darkness, and it was distinct in the stillness of the night. Henry did not wait. He could not wait. He picked up a large stick of wood from the side of the door. It was an old piece of wood, 
and he rushed out of the house, swinging it in his hand. He ran across the street in his pyjamas to the spot where he saw a masked man attacking a woman. The man had a knife in his hand. The woman's blouse was ripped and she lay on the floor in a pool of blood. The woman was injured in her stomach and she was bleeding. He hoped that the ambulance would arrive to save the poor woman. The mugger turned around with his knife and ran towards Henry, who just managed to sidestep out of the way, but he was slashed across his chest as the mugger raced away into the darkness. Henry just about managed to swing the wooden piece of wood and give the masked man, who was about six feet tall, a glancing blow on the back of his head and across the back of his right shoulder. The man shrugged it off like it was a fly attacking him. Luckily, the woman was not seriously wounded. The slash on the side of her stomach was not too deep. She was attended to by the medics who arrived at the scene of the crime, and she would be out of danger soon. The man had tried to rape the young woman who was on her way back home after working late. Henry was happy that he had prevented the crime from having a tragic outcome. The young woman could have lost her life. He was happy they had come, that he had come to her assistance. The police arrived and took statements from the victim and from Henry. The woman whose name was Kendra thanked Henry for coming to her aid and she thanked Eva for calling the police and the ambulance. The police detective James Richards also thanked Eva for calling them and Henry for trying to do something about the crime they saw. Though they told them that it was a foolish thing to approach the attack on his own and he should not attempt such a foolish stunt in the future. Eva was really upset with Henry for risking his life, though she knew that it was the only way they could have saved the girl's life. On their way to the supermarket, Eva and Henry see that there has been yet another burglary in the neighbourhood. A small jewellery store around the corner from the house was robbed. The shutters are smashed, the door is broken and all the display cabinets in the jewellery store are empty. The jewel of the store will be at a terrible loss, says Eva. The police have arrived, said Henry, as he saw Detective James Richards with his team, searching the area for evidence and photographing the scene of the crime. It's a good thing old man Jarvis was not in the store, nor was his wife Mabel. They usually close at five, so the crooks decided to wait and rob the store an hour later, said Henry. That night, as they watched local news and television, Henry seems to notice something extraordinary happening on the screen as the news is being reported about the increase in crime and violence in the city. The police are in a panic as there are not enough police on the force to put an end to the crime spree. Henry is not just seeing the news. He seems to be watching a little more images and he is puzzled by what he sees.